0: fascinating talking to you. Now, uh, you you're proudly from New Zealand, you're a Kiwi. Yes. Some people around the world, maybe they're even listening tonight or today, tend to lump Australia and New Zealand <laughs> together into a nice little bit <laughs> colonial or antipodean, bucket. I know when when we've traveled overseas, people can't distinguish the accents. Or you're from and they'll go, "Oh, whatever." But um the cultures are different. So what struck you was being different from when you came over from New Zealand and and settled in Australia.
1: I definitely missed my Kiwi kindness, and I, I think that that's an oversimplified way to sum it all up. But I can tell you that when, wherever I go, I, I I find my Kiwi culture. It, it's just a vibe that we have where I don't know where we are community minded. We we that authenticity. It just seems to generate a feeling you just know there's a smile there's an energy again not quite as individualistic I think everything in New Zealand was smaller again not simple oversimplifying whereas you got to Australia I mean I landed in Victoria in Melbourne and you know everything was a million miles away and everything that was that much harder to get to. And, I mean, there was definitely the larrikin. The Aussie larrikin is alive and well. And I'm not suggesting that Aussies aren't kind because I've got the most amazing friends and I, <laughs> you know, they are kind and compassionate and caring and I work with the most amazing, compassionate, kind and caring people. It was just that back then, that was a, that was a few years ago, I just seem to to miss that, that Kiwi culture. And when you meet
0: Kiwis over here, they, they have it with them. It's I've, true, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and definitely when I've travelled over there, I know what you're saying. It's hard to put your finger on it, but it's it's there. You
1: just feel it, and and you you connect in. Everything's easy. I don't know. True.
0: so do you think it's still the same way? Has it changed in the time that you've been here?
1: Oh, that's a good question. In my line of work, I suppose I'm 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 wrapped in community developers carers so i would like to think perhaps the, the kiwi influences you know infiltrated its way into mainstream australia whether they they would admit it or not i might get ostracized by for, for saying these things <laughs> but i would say mm, not as much as i would like because they're definitely those australians a lot of them living in sydney so apologies to our sydney podcast listeners <laughs> oh i know I'm, um, somebody said to me to help clarify this somebody said to me and there's something special about Queensland. Queensland is a special place. Mm. I, I congratulate anyone who finds their way to Queensland. Melbourne, I think it's a case of what are you? So, you know, are you a doctor? Are you a lawyer? Are you a media banker? Once you get to Sydney, it's who are you? So are you a packer? Are you a Murdoch? Are you a, you know, peacock? Who, who, who are you? Whereas once you get to Queensland, it's how are you? Pure and simple, how are you? before we even worry about your heritage or your status or we're really not interested. It's just how are you?
0: It is interesting how how, how different we are just in, to, in between states. SA would be, you know, there'd be a different vibe as well. And over in WA, well, they, they'd like to just secede from the Commonwealth anyway or certainly from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know whether they'd be, what are you? <laughs> oh, maybe that's... oh yeah and you throw daylight
2: savings in the mix and it gets very confusing oh it does i miss
1: it terribly (laughs) miss it terribly oh Oh. one day (laughs) before
2: we conclude lise there's there's two things that i'd love for you to share the first one is on just how times have changed over the years particularly for women you know we talk a lot about empowerment and there are a lot of things that we take granted right now, you know, like maternity leave and, you know, we, we equal opportunities. I mean, we're still fighting for that, but there's a long way we've come. And you've got a fascinating story
0: about.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm scared now.
2: <laughs> yeah, you have a fascinating story about how, you know, women would get fired when they got pregnant.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> so my my mother married working she hid her pregnancy from her employers because the minute that they knew you were pregnant as a woman that was it your career was game over red rover away you go home and have children and in In Brisbane, I worked for a company that my boss told me that in the 70s, they loved it because it was worse than New Zealand. In Queensland, the minute you became engaged, you were (gasps) sacked from your employment. Mm -hmm. So the men loved it because, of course, all of these new employees were coming through I thought that was horrendous. I'm not oh. quite sure who decided that that was ever going to be a good, you know, industrial relations strategy, but it was.
2: It's just how oh. it's done. So the moment you became engaged, that's it, career over.
1: In Brisbane, absolutely. I don't know if it was all businesses, but certainly for this large organisation, that was it, career, over. I, I career worked, over.
0: I worked in the early 80s in a, well, let's say, the return services organisation that we have here. And in the head office, and and was was asked the same question. Uh, what are your plans to have children? Because I, I was up for a promotion. There was only two secretary jobs, so it was the higher one that I um, was was going for, and was was blatantly asked by my, you know, World War II veteran manager, what are what are your plans to have children? And I said oh, I didn't have any, and I still don't have any. So, <laughs> but all
1: those so things that they...
0: influenced that.
1: Can't mm. ask now, but the things that we were subjected to mm. and I have a daughter, my husband and I have a daughter and her her gorgeous girlfriends have grown up with me saying, I'm going to pass the baton to you because mm. guess what? The fight isn't over. Sorry to tell you, um, the fight continues. And when Roe v. Wade was repealed, I just said to Sarah, that's it, that's it. Mm. I, what I'm saying is true that... We can fight, and we can change policy, we can change legislation, we can change cultures, attitudes, values. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Someone in the dark corner over there is waiting to claw mm-hmm. it all back, mm-hmm. all back. You know, the fact that we're still talking about gender inequality, um, pay gaps. Mm-hmm. I, I want. I'm curious, my curious mind. I'd love to know what is stopping us. From With all the advancements in superannuation, and I used to be in the financial services industry, Mm -hmm. with all the advancements in the way superannuation is set up, what is stopping? And maybe my knowledge is wrong, but if if a woman fell pregnant and went on maternity leave, how do we not Mm -hmm. split the husband's super? How is it that her superannuation contributions stop? Mm Mm-hmm until she goes back to the workforce. Again, I'm not an expert on superannuation, but I'd love Mm. to know, could we not change that? There are definitely areas where it's financial agency. We deserve it as Mm. women. We deserve, I Mm. cannot cope with the fact that women are the highest growing rate of or experience homelessness. Yes. That in 2023 is beyond me. Absolutely beyond me. I remember being, again, financial planning and making it to the boys' club. I um I broke through the glass ceiling and but it was funny I was listening to an author talk about how in the financial planning industry women made themselves invisible and I thought oh that's oh exactly my. what I did even though I'd broken into the boys club I wore the same dark suits as they did and when I was in the room I just blended into the background because I didn't want to remind them that I was in the room, if that makes sense, that that just giving up my identity was the easiest way. I was happy with acceptance, whereas I realise now that we've moved on, there's so much, so much in terms of wanting to make sure that the, the young females coming through have the space, have the confidence to continue the advocacy. It is critical that they understand. Somebody said to me, oh, they're... Their privilege, and I went, mm, perhaps it's more that we haven't unpacked history for them. I remember when Obama was being inaugurated, Sarah said to me, oh, wasn't. I didn't think you were interested in American politics, mum. <laughs> why are you why are you watching the American President? Because for her it was normalized. For her, mm. she didn't have that historical relevance to understand mm. that actually that was, History. it was significant it was history in the making and I said to her okay Rosa Parks where do we begin you know just so yes. just realizing that in the busyness of our world that I hadn't quite unpacked all that there was there's so much acceptance for the next generation which is wonderful however with that acceptance comes we just yeah I think unpacking history would be good for them
0: yes there's, there's a potential for complacency isn't there because they yes. don't know they don't know I, I saw something the other day, I think it was on on the um ABC QA program and they had this young woman who was into the retro thing and it's there's a term for it, trads or something like that. And all she wants to do is get married, wear her little fifties dresses, find a find a man and have babies. <laughs> and it's like, what about all the bra burning? What you know, I was going, This is crazy. And and other people were looking at her like, Really, she was only quite. She was about twenty-two or four or something like that. And look, live and let live. But yes, she she hasn't gone. She can make those choices because she hasn't gone through a time when that was the only choice.
1: There was a wonderful documentary, a movie that uh, I took Sarah and her girlfriends to see a couple of years ago, and it took them back to a time where the. The papers. I'm trying to think of the the great name for that documentary. But... Back in
0: time for dinner. Was it that one? Oh no,
1: that's Annabelle but... Crad. Um, I'll have to think about it. But the uh, they they actually had an a job advert in the paper where it literally showed the positions and it showed men's salary and girls' salary and reminding helping the girls understand that they couldn't apply for a credit card, they couldn't apply for a mortgage. You Incre- man. You had to have a man to get all those things done. Mm, all wow. of those things. All of those things. I think I said to you, em that my father's mother had a horrible experience when her husband brought said came home and said, "Listen, I've met someone else. She's moving in. What do you want to do?" And it, and this is a woman who had a home, a husband, and four children. Her only option, fortunately, but she managed to secure work. A no, because in those days there was no single mother's pension. She had no right. She couldn't take her children. She couldn't kick her husband out. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We've come a long way. Oh, we have come a long way. We have <laughs> We've but come there's still, a really long way. There's still there's still much more to do. But at mm. least I think the more we talk about it, the more you know, when I think about the Me Too movement and the characters that I grew up watching on television and loving, and to realise that they were absolute monsters. I think that bringing things out of the shadow and the shame is important as well. Mm.
0: It's very true. Mm.
2: Yeah. I read what you're sharing just reminded me of uh, a comment. There's, there's a woman who made a post about how growing up or society makes it seem like women are desperate for marriage, yet in actual fact <laughs> it's it's men who benefit from marriage, you know. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sorry>. And women <laughs> And and I can understand why in the past women would be. I mean, you can't you couldn't have anything without without yes. marriage. So that was a mm-hmm. means to an end. So it's interesting how times evolve, but still pretty much stay the same. There's always a level of discrimination going on. There's always uh, a learning to be done. But I think I like what you said about passing the button. It's about making sure that we keep the lessons alive. We keep Mm -hmm. the lessons alive. We keep the stories alive. Because if we don't know our history, we're bound to repeat it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And there will be people who want us to repeat it Uh, I mean I do you made me think when I was in my early 20s it was all about are you getting engaged when are you getting Mm. married when are you buying the house when are you having children I don't put any of that pressure on our children Mm. women benefited from being married oh my goodness oh my goodness (laughs) the patriarchy (laughs) oh bless their souls
2: (laughs) Well, Lise, this has been an absolute gem. Thank, thank you so you. much for making time to talk to us and telling us so many fascinating stories. There's definitely a lot that I've, yeah, I'll probably just listen to again and just have a laugh. <laughs> but this was great. Thank you so much for
1: making thank time to so talk much. to thank us. Love yeah. talking with you both. Thanks, Sandra. Thanks, Em. Thank alcohol. you, Lise. And. Too.
2: Yeah. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you have any comments or questions about this episode, send us an email and we will explore your questions or anything that you might want to discuss or explore that a little bit more. Thank you for tuning into Empowered Voices Amplified. We will see you next time.